Hello and welcome to another edition of St. Pete's on Repeat, the online sermon archive of St. Peter Lutheran Church in St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. This sermon was preached on July 10th, 2022 for the second Sunday in our summer worship series, Lord Teach Us to Pray, as we examine the prayer that Jesus taught us. This week's special focus is on the address of that prayer, Our Father in Heaven your brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to ask you the same question four times in a row. But instead of chiming in with your answers, what I want you to do is I want you to just silently bank them in your brain. Answer each question in your mind and, and keep track of how similar or different your four answers are. You're five years old. It's two o'clock in the morning. You are rocked out of a peaceful sleep when a peal of thunder rattles the panes of your bedroom window. You're terrified. What do you do? You're 14. You tried out for the team or the play or the band. It took a lot of courage just to try out. And then they laughed you off the rink or the field or the stage. You're devastated and embarrassed and angry. What do you do? You're 19. You're off to university or you're moving out of the house to do your own thing. You, you just unloaded all your boxes into an empty room and you're about to spend your first night alone and on your own. You're excited, but more than a little bit anxious. What do you do? You're 25. You just found out that you're going to have a baby. You're overjoyed, but a little bit overwhelmed. What do you do? Did any of you have the same answer for all four questions? I did. Whether it was the fear of a thunderstorm or the joy of a newborn baby, my first instinct in each of these cases was to go tell my parents, to crawl into their bed when I was afraid or to call them on the phone with the good news. Parents are special people and they remain special to you whether you're worried about wetting your bed or how to raise a tiny human being that you grew on your own. And I understand that not all of you will feel this way about your parents. You might not be crazy about your parents because they might not be good people. You might not even know who your biological mother or father are. But what we learn from Jesus' perfect prayer today is even more poignant for you because of the contrast he draws between parents on earth and our Father in heaven. Technically speaking, our sermon text is just four words long today, but there is so much to say about our Father in heaven. Let's start by talking about why he chooses to make himself known the way he does, why he refers to our relationship with him in this very paternal, parental way, or in other words, why is it fitting for us to call God our Father? There are a couple different ways to answer that question. The first is the most basic. This comes to us from Malachi's Prophecy, chapter 2. Do we not all have one Father? Did not one God create us? 
God is our Father, it would be fitting for us to call him that, because he created us. He brought us into this world. Without God, we would not exist. Now, if you knew nothing about God other than the fact that he is your creator, the one who brought you into this world, what could you assume, or at the very least hope, would be true about the way that he feels about you? Let's think about it this way. How many things have you brought into this world? Some of you have children, and I know that you love them very much. They may make it difficult to love them from time to time, but on the most basic, primal level, as their parent, I'm sure you have a deep affection for and personal investment in your child. We could even think of it in terms of things you've made. Maybe you started your own company, you wrote a song, you built something with your own two hands. Even if you're a little embarrassed about how it turned out, chances are you feel similarly. You have a deep affection, a deeper affection for something you made than for something someone else made. You have a personal investment in it and you care about it. If that's how we feel about the things that we bring into the world, imagine how God feels about his creation, about you, especially as the crown of his creation. God refers to him to himself as our father in part because he created us, he brought us into this world, but also in part because as our creator, he loves us like a father loves his children. In the best case scenario, what kinds of things does a parent do for their children? They provide for them food, clothes, shelter, right? They, they care for them. They bandage scraped knees and wipe tears off of cheeks. They comfort and console their children when they're sad. They support and encourage. They discipline and correct. They offer advice and sometimes write a check. Parents love their children and take care of them. God does the same and more for you. We heard these words from Jesus last week. They're just as true this week and fitting because Jesus spoke them shortly after teaching his disciples the Lord's Prayer. He said, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Your Father in heaven always provides for you. Even better, far better than your earthly parents can. He gives you everything you need for your body and life. He takes care of you. He gives you good gifts. Or we could think about this passage from Psalm 27. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path. Your Father in heaven never forsakes you. Even if your earthly father or mother abandons you, God never will. He's always with you, teaching you his will and leading you in a straight path, giving you guidance and support and direction. God loves you like a father loves his children. And this, what we just talked about, is, is just a sampling of the kinds of things that God does for us as our Father in heaven. But there are two sides to this coin. If God is our father, then that makes us his children. 
If God loves and provides for and cares for us as our Father in heaven, then what do you think we should be feeling about and doing for him as his children on earth? Let's listen to what Jesus says in Matthew's gospel, first of all. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. As our Father's children, our first priority is to love him with every fiber of our being, not holding anything back, not reserving room for anyone or anything to challenge God's place as our first and greatest love. But our responsibilities to God go beyond just what we feel about him. We also have certain expectations and responsibilities for what we should do. Here's a passage from Peter's first letter. He says, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. As our Father's children, we should also be obedient. We should do everything in our power to be like him. And how does God describe himself here? Holy, sinless, perfect. Is that you? Do you love God without reservation, without hesitation, with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind? Are you obedient as God wants you to be, let alone holy as he commands you to be? I mean, how many of us can even say that about our relationship with our earthly parents? What kinds of things do you owe your earthly parents? How should you treat them? With love and respect and honor, with willing obedience and cheerful compliance, not dragging our feet or grumbling under our breath, but with a smile on our faces and joy in our hearts, happy to be helpful and cooperative. Is that what we always do? No. Sadly, all too often, we treat them with resentment and bitterness in our hearts, begrudging our obedience to and dependence on them. Maybe we even neglect and forsake them, talking back or mouthing off to them, taking them for granted. And these are the people who put food on your table, who, who changed your dirty diapers, who, who got you through school, who helped you become the person you are today, and who bailed you out of who knows how many bad situations. It's sad to say, but it's even easier to resent and begrudge our obedience to an unseen God to take his gifts for granted, and to neglect our relationship with him, to be delinquent in prayer, lackadaisical in worship, indifferent in faith. It's even easier to doubt and question the motives of a God we can't speak with face to face. Sometimes we can even go days without thinking about him. These are not the ways that we as children are meant to treat our Father in heaven. If you disobey your earthly parents, what do they do? They punish you. They take away your internet privileges. They cut off your allowance. They ground you to your bedroom for a month. If you disobey God, what does your Father in heaven do? 
let's keep following Peter's line of thought in his first letter here. He says, Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. Your father in heaven judges you according to what you do. How does it make you feel to know that you will be judged? Peter talks about fear here. That would be understandable. God's justice can be terrible. He tells us the wages of sin is death. The ultimate consequence of sin is eternal death in hell forever. That's something worth being afraid of. But that's not quite the kind of fear that Peter is talking about here. Yes, our Father in heaven is our judge and will judge our works impartially. He will not show favoritism to us just because we are his creations. He will not wink away our sin. But he did do something about it. And Peter continues, he says, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ a lamb without blemish or defect. You are not the perfect child. I know I'm not breaking news by saying that. You are not the perfect child. Even if you think you are better than your siblings, you've still disobeyed and let down your earthly parents more times than is worth mentioning. Much more than that, you've disobeyed and disappointed your Father in heaven more times than we'd be able to count. But God is not just your, your father. He is Jesus' father. And unlike you, Jesus is described as a lamb without blemish or defect. He is perfect, sinless, holy, just as God called you to be. But unlike you, Jesus was actually able to pull it off. He was the perfect son to Mary and Joseph, always willingly obedient and cheerfully compliant. He was thoughtful and considerate and did things without needing to be asked to do them. More than that, Jesus was the perfect son to his Father in heaven. Being so obedient to his Father's will that he was willing to go all the way to death to be your Savior. Your Father in heaven loved you so much that he was willing to sacrifice his one and only good child to save you, a sinner, to redeem you with the precious blood of his sinless son poured out on the cross to cover over all your sins. As Paul says to the Galatians, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Why did God send his son Jesus? To redeem us. To be our savior, yes, but look especially at that last line, that we might receive adoption to sonship. God is our father in heaven by virtue of the fact that he created us. That's true and that's good to know. It gives us the hope that he loves us and has a vested interest in us but I'm sure you know plenty of bad dads who don't care at all about the children they brought into this world. But if you ever had that fear about our Father in heaven, that he is some distant, uncaring deity, then this truth can put that fear 
to rest. Because God is not your Father in heaven only by virtue of the fact that he created you. He is also your Father in heaven by his gracious decision. He chose to adopt you, a sinner, into his family through the sacrifice of his sinless son, Jesus. That makes you God's child by nature and by choice. That means that you do not have to fear that God doesn't care or is unaware of what is happening to you. He is aware. He does care. He cared so much that he sent his son to be your brother and then to be your savior. That's the kind of God you have. That's why Jesus teaches us to pray to our Father in heaven. So since you have a God who created you and loves you and provides for you and takes care of you and has redeemed you and forgiven you and saved you, then what kind of attitude can you have as you pray to him? Paul, writing to the Romans, says this, The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Instead of fear, how can you feel when you pray to God? You can call him Abba, Father. Abba is the familiar form of the word father in Hebrew. It's, it's not the formal, dearest father, would you please it's much more like, Dad, I need your help. When you pray to our Father in heaven, you can pray not to some distant deity, but to your familiar Father. When you're afraid, you can go to your Father in prayer with the same attitude you had when you crawled into bed with Mom and Dad when you were five years old and afraid of the dark or a monster under your bed. The familiarity that we have with our Father dispels our fears. We heard this last week too, but it's fitting here as well. Peter says in chapter 5, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. When you're feeling blue, when you're down in the dumps, depressed, discouraged, embarrassed, ashamed, what can you do? You can pray to God. And with what assurance? That he cares for you. If you can vent to your parents in the van on the way home from a failed audition, imagine God's capacity to hear your concerns and listen to your complaints without judgment or impatience, but with love in his heart and an eagerness to hear and heal. And finally, these words from the writer to the Hebrews. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. When you ask God for anything, what kind of attitude can you have? You can have confidence that he cares about you and that he not only can, but that he will help you. If you can have confidence to ask your earthly father for help when times are tough, to write a check to cover your rent, to fix your leaky faucet, to give you advice on how to be a good parent, then imagine the confidence you can have going to your almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing father in heaven. 
He can, and he promises to do so much more for you than the best dad on earth ever could. So what do you do when you're afraid, angry, anxious, or overjoyed? You pray to our Father in heaven. Amen.